words I speak be in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. What striking words we hear from John the Baptist. I think John the Baptist is quite a formidable person, and I suspect that if he was to wander into this church right now, we'd all be quite shocked. He's a scary guy. We're supposed to feel that about him. Like he, what, spending all that time in the desert eating locusts and honey, strange diet. When I was at St. Michael's at the school there, uh, the kids loved that part about the, the locusts and the honey. That was what they really focused on about John the Baptist. Forget anything else, they wanted to know about that. You can tell them as much as you want that it's about, um, you know, it's about Elijah or anything like this. They don't care. They wanted to know, Father Chris, would you eat a locust? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. In the chapel where I do some of my mission on Tuesday mornings in St. Luke's Chapel, just next to the city mission, uh, we open from 10 to 1, I suppose. And it's an interesting place. Uh, mainly guys coming in who are either on their way to the lunch that is at 12, hopefully coming back after lunch to come to the chapel for the service at 12.30. That's the aim. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But guys come in and they sit and talk and sometimes we pray, sometimes we lay hands for healing, sometimes we just talk about what the missus is doing and what she's not doing. There's one guy that comes in relatively regularly. He's a street guy who lives on the street. He's got his uh, shopping cart with everything he owns in it, normally a mattress on the top and underneath a whole bunch of stuff that's important to him, but probably not anyone else. This guy uh, comes in in various states of inebriation, whether it be through drugs or alcohol, or actually what I believe is a mental illness with him. So some days he will not speak. Some days he will just grumble on about something. Some days he will just come to the door and just start carrying on about the prophet Isaiah. Fiery. But sometimes he comes in and goes to the lectern. And on the lectern we have a huge Bible, King James as well. Very good. And he will just start reading from it. Normally Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, around that area of the Bible, you know, the bit more negative, bit more challenging stuff. Reads away and it's, it's very profound because some days he won't speak, then other days he'll come and read a whole chapter from one of these books quite well. A few months ago in September, he read from Proverbs and then he turned to the Gospel of Matthew, the passage we've actually just heard today. And he was reading it and I was hearing him describe John the Baptist and I was looking at him. I was thinking, you're so close to this. No, you are because he's scary. I mean, he's quite a scary guy. He gets to the part where it talks about what John the Baptist is wearing. And he stops, and he hasn't addressed me the whole morning. The only thing he's done is walked in and started reading from the Bible. And I'm sitting in the front pew, and he just addresses me and goes, he would have worn these, the, the camel skin because it would be good for the weather, the desert, and it would be good and hard wearing, and it would keep him warm. And it wouldn't, the way it would sweat would be a different way than a different kind of skin. All this information about what he's wearing, 
And I was looking at this bloke and I was going, well, of course, you know, this is, this is, of course this is what you're going to understand because this is your life. You have to worry about what you wear because you're asleep on the streets in September when it's still cold. So when this guy reads about John the Baptist, he's not like the kids at St. Michael's who want to know about the locusts and the honey. He's maybe not like us who want to know what John the Baptist's message for us is. He is interested in what he is wearing and how that would keep him warm or dry or safe. It was a profound moment of how our scriptures can interact with our own world in a way that is unusual, challenging, and the spirit truly at work. Because when I think of John the Baptist, I don't think of his clothes at all. I'd never really noticed it, other than it's some sort of message about uh, Elijah. I think about what John the Baptist says to us. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. This is from uh, Matthew is saying, this is what Isaiah is saying about this bloke, John the Baptist. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This is what Isaiah is really saying. This is what John the Baptist is doing. Preparing the way for Jesus Christ, making the path straight so he can get there and do the work that he needs to do. Preparation work, not glamorous. John the Baptist, I, I, I worry about him sometimes. Just imagine your whole being being about just being getting everything prepared for your cousin to turn up and take all the glory. Makes you think about humility, doesn't it? The coming one, make it clear so he can get there, clear the pathway. If we go further into the passage from Isaiah that Matthew was referencing, it gets a little bit clearer for us. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. A great leveling out of everything. Think of uh, the Magnificat from Luke's Gospel. He's brought the mighty down from the thrones, and he has lifted up the lowly. This is what Jesus is going to do. Isaiah is telling us this. John the Baptist is getting us ready for this wonderful thing. We can think of it in terms of society. We can think of it in terms of the way we are as a, as a culture, the way we are as a church. But really, John the Baptist is actually asking us to go inside of ourselves. Go deep. Clear the pathway. Make way for the Lord. Make the path straight for the Lord in each and every one of us. Those of us who profess Christ need to clear our pathway so we can truly welcome him in. As the confession said today, which I hadn't noticed at 8 o'clock, perfect. We confess before you those places in our hearts where we have refused you entrance, people we have refused to love, habits we have never bothered to change, good things we have left undone, and ways in which we hurt you, ourselves, and others. Prepare the way of the Lord. Get this stuff sorted out. 
Because we all have this stuff. We all have our ways of our pathway for Jesus that are crooked and messy and difficult. Don't we? None of us can, stand, can sit here today and go, it's absolutely perfect, spot on, I'm good to go. Because we've all got little chinks in our path, we've all got bits in our path that are overgrown and we've allowed that to happen. So John the Baptist says, are you ready for the lows of your life to be lifted? The places where maybe you indulge yourself a bit with um, feeling sorry for yourself. Are you ready for your highs to be mellowed? Are you ready to actually experience a bit more humility? Maybe the parts of your life where you puff yourself up a bit. Crikey, I know I need that. Are you ready to walk straight in the way that God requires to repent of your sins? Do you run away from change or do you greet it joyfully? Are you ready and willing to accept transformation as your own choice? Or will you decide to resist it and remain in the darkness? Your pathway crooked, not allowing the whole thing of God, the whole way of God to be with you. This is what John the Baptist is saying. He's saying, get ready. You need to be ready for this. If you go about this half-hearted, it's not going to be there. When I first took on this new position, I'd been a vicar before. I'd been a vicar for 10 years. And there's a way of being a vicar. There's a way of running a church, of being with your flock. All fine and well, it's great. But if that's been your whole understanding of what ministry is, how Jesus is working, how the Spirit is going to work, all of a sudden if you don't have a building and you don't have a flock, it's challenging. It, you need, I needed to find a sense of humility because the whole bunch of stuff that I'd used wasn't going to work anymore. I had to really let go and really open up. I had to open myself up to the way of the Spirit. I had to listen carefully every day, every morning as I was praying, listening for what the Spirit would be doing and where the Spirit would be leading me. Beautiful stuff, but the pathway had to be straight. I had to get my ego out of the way. I had to get Father Chris out of the way and actually just be a servant of the Lord. It was a profound experience, and it is, I, I believe, has put me in good stead for my mission. But there was a pathway that needed to be fixed. John's work is about getting all of us ready so we can truly be servants of Jesus. It's about a change of heart, it's about repentance. If your heart is hardened, John is saying you need to soften it. If your heart is hardened because you can't forgive someone in your life, that is a crooked pathway. That is an overgrown pathway that needs to be worked at. If there is a relationship in your life that needs some work, 
just a bit of repair work. Maybe the words of John the Baptist today are saying to you, you can be the person to reach out. Let go of what is a past hurt. Let go of what your ego is saying. Allow the spirit to lead you, to clear your path, to heal any of those relationships. We all know what Christmas can be like. I know what my Christmas is, well, they're not like it anymore, but what they used to be like. Terrible arguments with the family because of some stupid thing that was said 20 years ago. Heal it. Clear the path. It's beautiful, and it's how Jesus does work with us. It all does come down to forgiveness. To heal our hearts, to clear the path for Jesus. Because we can't do anything without forgiveness, of knowing that we have been forgiven by God for the crazy, stupid things that we do. So when we hold on to past hurts, our hearts are hardened and we can't accept someone else's apology. The pathway's truly overgrown and it's harder for us to do the work that Jesus is calling for us to do. So in this season of Advent, as we prepare ourselves for Christmas to celebrate the birth of the Saviour, as we await the coming of our Lord, we are to prepare our own paths. We are to soften our hearts for the, his arrival. Today, we prepare the way of the Lord. Clear his paths, we make them straight. And we clear a space in our lives to hear the word of God, to hear the gentle whisper of the Spirit. So we may be led in the glorious light of Christ. The Lord be with you.